0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday. Everybody, welcome into the Gramlick and Lane podcast. If you aren't watching on YouTube, that's okay. Some people might be listening in their car, or whatever, if you're more of a podcast person. But if you aren't, you will miss out on the fact that Mac and I are absolutely matching today, absolutely unintentionally. We're wearing gray Nike t-shirt <laughs> slash sweatshirt things. Unreal. We're always on the same page. But Mac, yeah, I know your travels went well. You're back. We have a lot of games to dive into.
0: 11 games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. There was one on Friday. It just seemed like everybody was playing outside of North Carolina uh, right. and, and playing out of conference. So that makes it much more fun, of course, except for the, the Friday night lights there that we had. So, yeah, it was a great weekend, KG. A lot of awesome wins. A couple of, you know, ugly ones. One bad one, but a lot of good. And then we're going to break all of that down. So excited to, to jump into this one.
1: We've got the good, the bad, and the ugly right. again today. We, we probably won't do this during... ACC season, because I don't know how much good there is when another ACC team loses. Right. But right now, it fits really well. And I'm going to start with the good. And let's start with Florida State-Louisville, even though, again, Louisville, sorry, this is not necessarily in the good for you. Florida <laughs> State beats Louisville 35-31. to 31. Before we talk about the game, Mac, I want to ask you a very simple question. The AP poll was just released before right. we started recording. Five ACC teams are ranked still. Clemson, five. NC State, 12. Wake, 21. Pitt, 24. Miami, 25. Florida State is the second team left out receiving votes. So they're technically 27th, if you want to put put it that way. North Carolina received votes and Syracuse. Should Florida State be ranked, Mac? I
0: I thought they certainly were going to be um, and probably deserve it. But the good thing is about this. mm, No, I thought it was crazy. Because Miami's 25th. I I thought it was crazy Miami fell like 12 spots. I thought that was wild. Mm, On the road, um, in a tight game, it's not like they got aired out i mean i thought that was crazy um that they fell that far i guess they're taking an account losing to app state um
1: yeah
0: whatever i I think that's and apple
1: almost lost it's just wild
0: listen you you got a texas team that loses at home to alabama somehow they appear in the rankings like what are we doing nobody knows it's a quality loss right you're supposed to jump up uh no i I don't think above miami but certainly ranked you know so I, i thought it was crazy miami fell so far i thought you know, Florida State would sneak into that top twenty-five, but the good thing is you're on the fringe and uh, just keep winning. You know, because at the end of the day, I, I love to use this poll because it's all we have. Uh, but it matters none. It matters none. Uh, just go, keep dominating. Great to see North Carolina right there. Great to see Syracuse right there. So you know, if you if those guys take care of business, I mean, we could look up in week four or five, and you know, there's eight teams ranked. How crazy yeah. and fun would that be? So you know, at the end of the day, take care of your business, and and you'll get a you'll get a number by your name.
1: I would have ranked Florida State above Miami at this point. Now, to say to have Miami drop out of the poll, I'm not sure that's how my poll would have sure. gone. But I think Florida State with two power five wins, both away from home, that's something to have on your resume yeah, there. And I hear you. yeah, LSU, look, LSU did win over the weekend, and LSU is not exactly LSU of old, but that still was a very, very tough place to play. And then Louisville, you're having to play against Malik Cunningham. So, I think Florida State should be ranked. If you win this weekend, there's really no excuse. I think <laughs> you will be ranked if you're Florida State. So just stay patient, FSU fans. And FSU fans, look, you got the dub, 35-31. to 31. This game was highly entertaining, Mac. Really fun quarterback play on both sides, but also very stressful for Florida State. You had Jordan <laughs> Travis get hurt. You had Jared Verst get hurt. You had a lot of injuries all over the place. I think Tatum Bethune also got hurt. And we did see some good news. Jordan Travis tweeted out, like, see y'all next week. So we're getting some good vibes that he might be okay. But Mac, how impressed were you with Tate Rotemaker? Yeah. Getting in there, throwing a pick before halftime? You're a little worried. And he stepped up big in the second half. I
0: just love how the flurry of tweets and and all oh these things. Coming. Everyone's freaking Get out. Them out. Get him out. Get him out. Get anybody else in. And I'm just Duffy. Like, put in Duffy. Yeah, put in Duffy. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, let let him let him figure it out. It will all be okay. And here we are. I mean, the young man goes in there, throws sixty percent, hundred yards, and a couple of dimes in a game winner. Yes. So it was it was just so impressive to see his composure. Love what we saw from Jordan Travis before that. Uh, I mean, that guy has been so efficient with his arms, so electric with, you know, extending plays. And, man, he, he's really developed extremely nicely. So good that, and mm-hmm. you know, we saw a couple tweets from him and hopefully he'll be just fine and, and gets right back. The run game was everything that I thought it could be again. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just who these guys are. It's their identity. And, and between Ward and Benson and Tolofele, I mean, it, it's it's so impressive to watch that offensive line get out in space, get on guys, and then the running backs – you know, just make them look even better. Um, Defense was really that bend, don't break. And, you know, anytime you're going against, you know, Malik Cunningham, it's extremely difficult. And he played out of his mind as well. I thought that, that was – He did
1: everything he could. Yeah,
0: by far his best game. And, and you know, really that staff just fully allowed him to, to do it and to go nuts. And he ran the ball all over him, 17 carries, you know, right at 180 yards, a couple of touchdowns and very effective with his arm. So this was entertaining. Somebody had to lose, uh, and and the Knolls stay undefeated in our, in our 3-0. and
1: I thought the breakout star of the game, besides Tate Rodemaker, was Johnny Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> he was unstoppable. Right. Seven catches for 149, two touchdowns. I was watching the game with some people, and I said, guys, he's six, seven. Huge. And I remember a few of the other guys saying, Wait, really? Is he not a tight end? I'm confused. No, he's 6'7". He's a freakazoid. Yeah, He was unreal.
0: And and you know what's crazy about that? And th- this is a little pull behind the curtain for everybody. When we were down at camp, I don't know if it was just a bad day or what, but that young man had a bunch of drops and mm. just didn't look the part. And I'm just like, Well, what, what's going on? I thought this guy was going to be a stud. And then he comes out and just balls and he had a couple of drops earlier this season too that that were touchdowns and man he's recovered so nicely I've got to think that from a confidence level that's just going to boost him so much more and and now I mean think of what it does for the playbook KG to have a guy like that six foot seven goal line threat when you're down there in the the red zone it opens everything up passing the ball running the ball getting out in space and so that that is that's exciting for Florida State because they have not had that in a couple of years now you've got it. And also a fun little fact is we've really seen a different receiver step up or a handful of different receivers in each game. And that was one of our biggest critiques this this offseason and going into the preseason was who's going to be the guy. that There was like nobody a year ago. Very inconsistent, no star power. They're in a great spot right now, which is fantastic for Florida State.
1: One of the things from FSU that kind of seemed like the FSU of old was their depth. Right. And what separates great teams from college football, or great from the good in college football a lot of times, is the depth. Of course, having Tate Rodemaker go in there <laughs> and be able to play like he did. Different wide receivers step up, but also the running backs. You have three guys who are who could start pretty much anywhere, yeah. and you keep them fresh. I thought FSU's um, plethora of weapons versus Louisville not really having any right. consistent weapons from Elite Cunningham to work with. To me, that was the difference.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And, and again, for for Florida State, you mentioned it on Twitter. We've said it 100,000 times. College football, not just the ACC, is better when a brand like that for is sure. doing well. And, and it's hard for people to understand. You know, They want their brand to do good. Listen, that is a... Dynasty that is asleep right now. That if you wake that back up, you think of all the history, all the things that they did in the 90s, early 2000s. I mean, just killed people, absolutely destroyed people. And, you know, it's funny to see the trend of where, you know, you kind of have this fall from grace, you're getting blown out, then you're getting closer losses. Now we're in this close win stage where the next step is, okay, time to start getting back to absolutely blowing people out of the water. So they are in a very transitional time right now that you can either go one way or the other, I think they move towards getting back really quick.
1: And I do think the AP voters are still waiting to see with Florida State. Right.
0: There's just too much recent history. They're they're scared. They're a little worried. I understand. When you
1: start 0-4 a year ago, I mean, just think of other conferences, Mac. Florida State has the best college football history, I would say, of any school in the ACC. So put that parallel with any other league. That would be you telling me the Big Ten, Ohio State, is not good for multiple years. In the SEC, Alabama is not good for multiple years. In the Big 12, Texas, oh, wait, um, sorry, and the Pac 12, Southern Cal. Right. Like, that's, that's the equivalent. And right. so that's why AC- the ACC needs Florida State to be good. And I think college football as well.
0: Absolutely. Florida State
1: has Boston College next. Um, I believe it's public knowledge that y'all will be there. That's so right. So we're going. We're come on. All right. We'll, uh,
0: we'll, we'll see if I go. I, I might be doing other things. We'll see. You might. You uh, might. We'll, we'll, we'll find out uh, soon and keep you guys posted on that. We'll let you know.
1: Tell them I'm available, Mac, if they need me. Yeah, I'll, go I'll,
0: down I'll, there. Go down there. One, one member of the pod. <laughs> better analysis, better looking. Go do your thing. Come on. Oh,
1: come on. Okay. <laughs> and Louisville has South Florida who
0: pushed Florida, Florida all to the they wanted. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And
1: low key should have won that game. So. Yeah. Those are the games next for those two teams. All right, let's move on with more of the good. Number 16, NC State 27, Texas Tech 14. Mac, you were correct. You had NC State covering. (laughs) I had Texas Tech covering. They low-key almost covered at the very end. But regardless, we both had NC State winning. And I think what really stood out to me, Sumo Corn Bay is an absolute playmaker. (laughs) I mean, that guy is just get in the ball and let him make plays. Yeah. I think that's really what NC State was trying to do in that game. Yeah, And NC State ran the ball pretty well. That was my key, and Texas Tech could not run it. Yeah. I thought that was a big reason why NC State was able to control the game.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was great to see that. I mean, number one, probably didn't expect to see that this year, just all the signs from a year ago when, when you lose two great running backs and now you're trying to figure out who's going to be the guy. But you mentioned that. I'm looking down at my notes here, and it says – zero sumo is that dude run and pass game he's a weapon I mean that's exactly what he is and you know they're finding a lot of different ways to get him the football uh you know did have the one you know silly thing happen where he's you know makes a great catch has a touchdown walks in the end zone and then fumbles uh that could have been such a you know momentum swing luckily the defense stood tall they didn't get any points Mm -hmm. out of it NC State scored the next possession on a sumo reception uh but it's just something where he's emerging very quickly Uh, One thing that I'm going to go ahead and just say concerned, because I am, is Devin Leary has not been electric. He hasn't been what I thought. And, and like, timing is off. His deep ball is off a little bit. It's a little strange to to see this because he was so efficient a year ago. Every time I go and see him in practice, this guy has the, the most beautiful deep ball you've ever seen, and he just can't get it going. They're throwing little dinks and dumps, these screen patterns. Anytime time that it's something downfield, it's just like something is off, timing or, or the throw, and it, it's been really weird. I mean, there was one point in the game where you know he was throwing under fifty percent and had like twenty yards, and it was like in the double digit attempts. And so I'm not sure. It, it's it's interesting. You know, maybe it was just the run game was so effective. I mean, they they did run it 37 times to to 24 passes. So it's not like you know we had this big explosion of offense, 80 plus plays. You know, all these different yards. Uh, and so maybe they were just comfortable and hey, let's run the ball. Let's shorten this game. Let's let our defense keep playing really, really well. Um, but that they're, that's going to need to improve, especially when you're going to Death Valley in a couple of weeks. You're, you're not going to be able to just run the ball like you did and get a win against Clemson. I mean, that that's just not going to happen. You need your quarterback who was preseason All-ACC Player of the Year to play like that and to be that guy. And and so, you know, who knows what's going on, whatever, I'm sure he'll figure it out. This is a experienced guy, has a great team around him and and he'll get that going. The one thing he has good going for him is that defense is good. I mean, they are loaded up, they got after the quarterback, they scored on defense, was great to see big Peyton Wilson out there making all kinds of plays. So I I was very encouraged when I saw defensively. I know they scored 14, you know, one was kind of, they were in two minute mode, scramble around, guys were tired quarterback walks in the end zone, but was really impressed that they contained this high-powered offense the way that they did.
1: And Mac, I, I remember one of your keys, well your your key for NC State was to get Texas Tech's quarterback right. Smith <laughs> on the ground and bother him, and this NC State defense did a great job of that. They forced four turnovers, and that, t- I think this defense almost took Texas Tech out of the game in some right. regards, because you can't turn the ball over four times and win on the road. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. So, State didn't really have to they didn't have to push it as much. They didn't. They didn't need to score thirty-five yeah, to win this right. game, and they knew that. Right. But I still agree with you. With Devin Leary, it seems a, a little similar to perhaps like a sophomore Trevor Lawrence, or I'm not saying they're the same player, but sometimes when you're you get all that hype, right? And you're the preseason player of the year. There can be a little bit of slumping. There can be a little yeah. bit of we're trying to really make things happen. No question. And I think that's what we're seeing from Leary.
0: And, and just the team in general. I mean, we we spoke about this you know, on Friday, adjusting to being the guy, like it's not, yeah. it's not just, or the team, it's not just this easy thing, you know, that ho- happens overnight. You know, there are teams, there are athletes that are so much more comfortable in this underdog role. I mean, I remember you and I interviewing Devin a year ago and saying, man, you're not getting any love. You're not on these award finalists, this and that. He's like, It'll all take care of itself. It's fine. He almost and he liked played. It. Yeah, he, he did like it. I don't think yeah. there's any question and, and thrived in that environment. Now that, you know, your preseason player of the year, there, there's Heisman campaigns going on, all these different things, it's, it's just a lot of pressure. And I think we kind of forget that in the moment that at the end of the day, you know, these are kids, you know, out there yeah. that, that are figuring it out. So, like I said, he'll be fine. He'll get it all together, but it, the schedule gets tough in a hurry. Got to get it going.
1: It still was a good win for NC Absolutely. State. Like, we're not no trying question. to say it wasn't. No to, to control the game the whole time, for the game right. never to really be in doubt. Ever. And NC State does have UConn this week, so another kind of feel-good, get-right game. See, but this is kind
0: of what Minnesota. you and I were, were, you know, kind of arguing about in these type of games, like, you want to be vanilla, you want to just, like... They, they have to throw it. You have well, to throw it. Well, they did
1: it against Charleston Southern, right. so You've got I guess to. they'll do that against UConn, yeah. but it's like, how telling is that?
0: <laughs> right, right. How much I, can we take from that? Yeah, I, you just got to see it, and it's a confidence right. thing. Like, I, he needs to see that he can throw a 50-yard right. bomb and a guy catch it. Like, that. Yeah. that's where going into the Clemson week, because it's going to be very difficult to do it that game. So we'll see. It's going to be fascinating to see what that game looks like on Saturday.
1: I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And look, NC State's 3-0. That's the bottom line. That's right. Okay. Another 3-0 team, as I am calling them, America's team, they found a way. Syracuse 32, Purdue 29, Syracuse covers barely. This game was insane. Like, this game was just flat out stupid. Super slow start for Syracuse. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, Produced quarterback O'Connell passed for 424 yards. Charlie Jones is a machine. But somehow, Syracuse found a way. If you were going to tell me, Mac, that Syracuse is going to score 30 and win, and Sean Tucker was limited to under 50 yards rushing, I would have said, okay. I mean, I, I feel like more likely I would have believed you this year because Garrett Schrader is a brand-new man. Last year, I would have said, you're insane. <laughs> But I I thought that was very telling. Things didn't go right for Syracuse, and they still found a way.
0: Well, I I think if you just show me this box score, and I see, okay, Syracuse uh, had what? Uh, Sean Tucker had 40 yards rushing, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Purdue had 500 yards plus of offense. Syracuse got drugged, absolutely. But they they didn't, and I think that's the biggest difference this year. And it just goes to show you how good of a player Garrett Schrader is, how dependable of a player he is throwing the football (laughs) – making the right reads. I mean, it, it has been incredible. And, you know, it was one thing where everything's good. Syracuse is rolling. He's doing all these things. It's another when your back's against the wall and, and you have to make plays. And everybody knows you have to throw it and he delivers. Yeah. That was impressive to me. I thought we really saw another step in Gary Schrader's game that really just, you know, kind of confirms to me that he he has, you know, made this unbelievable transition because there were some times where, you know, in the first half specifically, and he'll tell you, you know, in that for uh, the the interview at the end of the game, he said I was terrible in the first half. I couldn't hit anybody, couldn't do this and that. And I'm kind of like, oh no, here we go. You know, it was just the opponent, and he stepped right back up, delivered clutch game winning touchdown. That was a beautiful ball, just an absolute that ball was dime. Insane. And they they walk it off walk- and win <laughs> the game. It was impressive.
1: And again, I'll say it again. I think the Syracuse home crowd has been yeah has been a factor for oh, Syracuse no. oh, in no. this start. They, they have been excellent. They've played all three games at home, right, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. No, I think they went to UConn. They went to UConn. But, you know, the two big games against um, Power 5 teams, they were at home, and I thought that was huge. Mac, what did you see that Purdue did where they were able to limit Sean Tucker, and is it a concern for Syracuse going forward?
0: You know, I, they just loaded it up. They had a great plan. You know, they, they tried to stack that box as best they can. You know, some guys were either just missing blocks or they were just blitzed. You know, they, they ran right yeah. into a blitz. I mean, that's just – you get lucky sometimes. And, and you can scheme up a guy like Sean Tucker um, and, and just get him on the ground. Not, not concerned at all, you know, because he still had flashes of, you know, bursts and, and big catches and things of that nature. Uh, it, it was just a, a weird game. It was just a weird game. Was, and, and I thought offensively – you know, Purdue did anything they wanted throwing the football. I I was a little – if there was one critique of this game or one, you know, kind of disappointment, you know, it it was those corners. I thought they would really have a good Mm. day, make a lot of money. And, uh, you know, Garrett Williams got toasted a bunch by uh, Charlie Jones. So something to work on, something to keep figuring out. And, uh, you know, as as you get ramped up into conference play here, just excited to see what Syracuse can do and what kind of noise can they make. A team that, you know, had relatively medium expectation now – You're like, hey, look out. What is this team going to do?
1: Pretty low expectations, I would say. Now they're receiving votes in the AP poll. They have Virginia this coming week at home. That's another very winnable game for Syracuse. Could they start 4-0? It'd be pretty unbelievable. I thought it was really good to see Gadsden emerge. I mean, he he seems like a go-to weapon for Schrader. 112 yards, two touchdowns. And, Mac, it's just such an evolution for Syracuse because you talked about it. Last year, the game plan always is, stack the box, try to stop Sean Tucker. I think I would still do that if I'm Purdue. But sure. Garrett Schrader continues to prove and continues to make opponents think, can we do that? Right. Because this guy can actually make us pay.
0: Yeah, and, and just the way he finds guys. I mean, that fourth and one that they had where they run a, a fake dive, the pop, everybody collapses, and then I don't know if it was action or if it was just a great you know read and patience by Schrader where – you know, he hits a guy dragging across the field wide open. The guy gets in the end zone. I mean, that that really proved to me that the game is slowing down for Garrett Schrader. Mm, he, he's taking yeah. his time. He knows where to go with the football. He's making – because, that. I mean, that's a, you miss that. The game's over. You lose. And, and Purdue, you know, walks away with a, a very comfortable lead. Uh, but they, man, gritty, resilient, found a way. And, uh, yeah, ex- again, excited to see these guys keep stacking wins.
1: I don't believe the ACC has a most improved player award, but you know what? Gramlick and McLean will <laughs> We're going good... to make
0: one. We're going to make one. We
1: will make one. We will get his name um, etched on it, and we will mail it to him.
0: Hey, because... <laughs> Jordan Travis says hello, too, by the way. <laughs> well,
1: oh, that's a good point. Okay, all right, all right. It could be a race. It could be a race, but right now I still think it's Raider. I mean, it's just unbelievable, it's his improvement. All right, still in the good. A few more games we're going to hit on here, a few more wins. Number five, Clemson beats Louisiana Tech 48-20. to 20 kind of an ugly uninspired first half it was i believe 13 to 6 at halftime and it was just a weird game it's one of those games where you know clemson feels like they're gonna win they're gonna try to play everybody and their mom and it was weird because the offense sputtered a bit in the first half but it wasn't really on dj the receivers still aren't making plays that you need them to make and it's like Clemson just decided, we're not going to run the ball in the first half. We're, we're going to we're gonna see if these receivers can make plays. Oh, they can't? Okay, we right. run the ball in the second half because Shipley ends up with 139 yards on 12 carries and two right. touchdowns. Right. But I'm starting to think with this offense, Mac, I don't think DJ is the main issue at all.
0: No, no, no. I don't think there's any question. And it's been really great to see that from him just to emerge And still with yeah. all this pressure, still with criticism, uh, you know, in game one and the things we saw – and then you start really diving into the tape, and you're like, well, "Wait a minute!" You know, like he's putting the ball where he needs to be. He's he's right. trying to throw the ball where it needs to be, and, and guys aren't coming down with it, or, or maybe a protection breaks down. He has to escape and, and just create. I've been very encouraged with with what I've seen from DJ Uyunglele, and and you know, quite frankly, to see that growth is probably what you thought you know you, you would see when when you have a guy who's as talented as him, who who holds himself accountable at, at a very high level, and it's been great to see his mobility has been drastically different. Mm-hmm. He, he's not afraid to take off and run and he's not afraid you
1: know, to keep it. Yeah. making the you know offense or the defense on it. Yeah. Keep it on the RPO.
0: Yeah. And you know what's interesting, KG, you and I have hit on this a bunch. I wonder 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 if you go back in time, you do not play Georgia that first game, what does it all look sure. like? Cuz when you get hit like that, like, when, you get, when you get, you know, you make plays and and they're vital and your confidence is shot, you know, what What does that season just right. totally look like? And, and maybe we see that this year in, in the things because his starts are dramatically different in, in the things that he's been able to do, making really nice throws. I think, you know, when he throws it to Bo Collins uh, or, or uh, Williams, you know, it's they're coming down with it. Those guys are making plays for him. It's been really impressive to see. Got a little taste of Adam Randall in there, and, and he got a big catch. And then, of course – Shipley. I mean, just, just the absolute yeah. man, the things that he can do, the speed, the elusiveness, uh, the creativity that he runs with is just really impressive. On the defensive side of the ball, it, it's something, KG, that there's so many factors that were in this game. You know, dealing with with the the sorrow and and the the sadness that happened with their brother and and you know, just dealing with that. You know, nobody should have to deal with that. And that goes through a team. I mean, especially a team, you know, like this that I know personally that, that is as close as they are dealing with injuries and guys not being available and, and just having guys have to be in other situations. Now, you want to sit there and say next man up, go do your job. But at the end of the day, when you're dealing with a, a third string guy who hasn't been in this situation, you, you see, you know, different things happen. And and so, you know, a, a lot of folks have said or questioned and asked, you know, about concern I don't think so. I think those guys are going to be right back. Obviously, a massive test this weekend in a Wake Forest team that can put up 50 points on you, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll talk about that more on Friday.
1: For sure. And yeah, we're going to talk about Wake in a second, Clemson Wake. I'm very excited for that game. You brought up Antonio Williams. To me, he is a guy that's very impressive, that is going to make plays. I think Bo right. Collins, you can put in that yeah. in that category. Ngata made a couple plays against lawtech but he also still had drops. He's still inconsistent. Right. It was very telling, Mac, last week. What day is it, Sunday? I guess this week. The Thursday night game on Amazon, when you're watching the Chargers and the Chiefs, and you're watching Mike Williams make play after play (laughs) after play. Former Clemson wide receiver, first-round pick. And yeah, I get it that these Clemson wide receivers are not NFL guys, but Mike Williams did that at Clemson, too. Right. And last year, we heard it so many times. Well, we got to play better around DJ. The receivers aren't making plays. And because DJ wasn't playing like he is now, I think people were still willing to say, well, is it DJ, is the receivers, right. is it the O-line, whatever. Right. I think at this point it's pretty obvious. Yeah. That the, the biggest issue with Clemson right now, an issue, you're still 3-0 and and you still won by 28 is the wide receiver play? Yeah, and it has to get better. I think if you want to accomplish all your goals.
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there's any question about it. And guys are, are emerging, like like I said, you know, with, yeah, with zero and eighty, bonds. and you know, see what eight does. And and if Engata can get more consistent, then then you've got a really nice fleet. And the tight end play with uh, uh of course, and Allen there, you, you feel good about it. Just getting guys more consistent, making plays, and knowing that. Your quarterback's feeling good. He's feeling confident. He's talking that talk right. when he gets help up. Him out. Yeah, help him out. And, and I think yeah. I think that certainly is the biggest thing moving forward for them.
1: They will have to help him out against Wake Forest. Let's no talk question. about the Deeks. <laughs> Wake Forest beats Liberty 37-36. to 36. This game was way too close. Sam Hartman, after the game, called it a reality check. I think, you know, it can be good for a team to get this kind of reality check, especially when you get a win. NC State had one this year. UNC had one. We've seen teams have reality checks, and it does them good. So this could be a good thing in the end. But my biggest concern for Wake in this game, Mac, was they flat out could not run the football. (laughs) 21 yards on 26 carries. And even though this defense forced turnovers, which we love about Wake's defense, Liberty still was just making plays. I mean, basically two separate Hail Marys in the fourth quarter that they scored on. I guess you could call them somewhat fluky, but... They couldn't put Liberty away. They just right. let them hang around. And some of that is when you can't run it, you can't control the clock, you can't stay on the field, have these long drives, and then Liberty gets the ball back and does wild things.
0: Yeah, I think the, that, that's my biggest concern by far. I mean, I thought this was going to be one of the best offensive lines in the, in the conference in and- – you've got to be able to run on Liberty. Okay. Let's yes. just, let's just, yeah. you know, kind of man up here and have some pride and let's go. And, you know, I think some of that's on the offensive line. Some of it's on play calling. Some of it's on, you know, running backs kind of trying to tiptoe or, you know, trying to read too long. And, you know, we, we know what Wake Forest system is. We know that if you get pressure up front, it's it's difficult because they try to hold on to that mesh point and you can really get after guys. So it, it's something to be, very attentive to as they go into Clemson, a team that is going to absolutely get pressure up front, that is going to move that line of scrimmage backwards. And, you know, again, I think a reality check is a great way to describe it for those guys saying, like, okay, we got to change or next week is going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. What do we have to do? What kind of mindset, you know, do we have? And Sam, you know, being a little careless with the ball at times, you know, throwing yeah, it up picks. into double coverage, you know, it, that was you know, just a, a really silly decision, but, you know, maybe he's trusting his guys too much and, and understands that those guys are good. And, you know, the people across them have scholarships too. So, you know, it, at the end of the day, you got the dub. It's always better to learn these type of lessons with a win, 3-0 and moving forward. And I think, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, just what does next week look like? Because we saw a year ago, And I'm giving kind of my Friday spiel here. We're we're a little early.
1: Mac, don't give too much away. That's right.
0: That's right. I I just have to say it. Because a year ago, we saw probably one of the best Wake Forest teams. We saw one of the worst Clemson teams in in recent memory. And Clemson rolled. And and so with that, what's the game plan going to be? Get the ball out quick. Clemson's defense has shown some weaknesses. Getting that ball out quick. They're beat up. And, And in the screen game. So Dave Clawson, an absolute genius. Wes Goodwin, an absolute genius. Cannot wait to see that chess match. We'll talk again more about that on Friday.
1: And even more intrigue with this game, we talked about how there's seven undefeated ACC teams left. This game is the only one where two of the undefeated teams play.
0: Thank goodness we don't all just cannibalize each other.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. But it should be a great one. Mac, okay, we've got some quick hitters here in the good. Pitt, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Duke, BC all one. I want to say something about Pitt here. Number 23, Pitt beat Western Michigan 34-13 to on the road. I thought this was a very mature, state, not statement, program win for yeah. Pitt. Because you lose this game last year. You go up there. You're without <laughs> not just your first-string quarterback, but your second-string quarterback. Right. You've got Yarnell out there yeah. who no one thought would be playing. He plays pretty well, but your defense shows up. They help you. They score on defense. Yep. They force turnovers. This is just a mature we're a grown-up program now. Like, we're yeah. not going to go lose this game. I exactly. thought it said a lot from Pitt.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. I love to see it. They ran the ball 50 times. We're, we're right under 250 yards. I loved what Izzy ivana did. Yeah. I mean, just take over the game, man. Go for 30 carries, 133 yards, back-to-back weeks where he's 130-plus, and just an instrumental piece of this offense. And, and like you said, a young guy – who was a, a fourth string quarterback, Coach Narduzzi said that you know somehow found his way into to playing this game, uh balled out. I mean, nine of twelve makes really impressive throws, some some clutch touch or a clutch touchdown, uh and, and just the timing of the routes. It was impressive to see. And then of course that defense scoring on defense, taking over, forcing three picks. I mean, that, that's what you expect to see from this Pittsburgh team uh on a on a week in and week out basis.
1: Right now we'll see what happens. You know we'll have Mac really using his sources to see what we can figure out when it comes to the quarterback position moving forward. Pittsburgh has Rhode Island next week, so you feel pretty good you can play Yarnell again. Yeah, I'm um, not
0: Slovis ain't playing that game. Let me just. No,
1: talk. no, no. You can play him again. That game's at home. Honestly, you have Georgia Tech next. I mean, we'll talk. We'll talk about Georgia Tech in the ugly. When you play Virginia Tech the next week, it, th- this is the schedule shaping up decently well for Pitt where they can get at least one of those guys. Hopefully, Slob is right. healthy. Right. And so that's good news for Pittsburgh. Virginia Tech beat Wofford 27 to 7. Just kind of Virginia Tech handling their business. I thought Grant Wells looked good though. No turnovers. Yep. 26 of 35 for 314, two touchdowns, building that confidence. They have West Virginia next week, Mac.
0: Big Thursday night game. Good to see him again stay confident, have that three hundred plus yard game, responding after that, you know, just atrocious week one where he turns the ball over so many different times. So that's good to see, you know, a guy respond and not just go into a shell, duck away and and things of that nature. You know, Virginia, I, I think that's bad. So I'm not gonna touch on that one yet. Duke. Uh, was great to see them. That might not be bad. That might be good. I might have we, I mean, it's
1: there. a win, but we it's can put that in it's the a bad.
0: Win. I, I'm going to leave that towards the end of the good. Okay. Uh, I'm going go to go to Duke. Love what I saw from them. Um, you know, Those score duckies. on defense. Riley Leonard is that dude. I mean, he he is just really impressing me with with his play, the things that he does, distributing the the football extremely well. That's what you got to do there. Great to see Matt, Boston. Go would ahead. you
1: call Riley Leonard? Would you call it um Sneaky athleticism perhaps?
0: No, he can 360 windmill dunk. It's not sneaky. We all know no. it. It's not sneaky. Yeah. Maybe sneaky speed. Maybe sneaky speed. Okay. All uh, right. That's fair. But that dude, a baby giraffe. He's out there running. We have another <laughs> baby giraffe in the conference. Oh, we love it. I know it. Kelly is, is super excited about it. that. Uh, great to see it went from Boston College. Phil Dracovic still got hit a bunch. Yeah. Uh, there was a time where Maine was winning this game, and you're just like, oh, my goodness, what are we doing? What These guys, they've got to figure it figured out. They're, they're going to Florida State next week. Florida State's feeling really, really good. This game could get interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and by interesting, I mean ugly for Boston College. We'll, we'll see, you know, kind of what happens there. KG,
1: so I agree, and it's hard for me when you talk about Virginia. Old Dominion, look, finally an ACC team beat Old Dominion. This is this is great news. Virginia beat Old Dominion sixteen to fourteen. I would put it in the bad, but I just feel like you can't put a win in the bad. Especially when your arch rival lost to them a couple weeks ago. Sure. Brennan was better. The offense overall was better. But yeah. when you fumble the ball three times, I mean, you can't do that. And ball security has been an issue. So they got the win, but I still have some concerns. And it's kind of crazy that UVA is going to Syracuse next week. And Robert and I is up there at Syracuse. And it, it looks like he is absolutely upgraded in the whole job standpoint it's just something i would have not predicted
0: it's baffling to to see these virginia guys drop the ball at a high clip that they have mm. where i saw them a year ago we up 60... this wide receiver
1: course so they're, they're
0: there they're there I, I really i don't understand it i really don't um because they they were catching or throwing the ball 50 times a game last year catching the ball and, and right. doing really really well i mean wicks is you know like a top 10 you know pick at the wide receiver position so it's crazy to see the decline, and I, I don't understand quite why. And right. uh, the one thing I know is, is Coach Elliott's going to squeeze it out of him. I mean, he he is a culture first guy. That they are going to meet about this. It was a win. They're going to celebrate, but he's going to get some lessons out of it. He's going to get it out of them, and they'll figure it out. They'll be all right. But it's uh, it's a little concerning to see how and why things aren't happening. You know, in these last two games,
1: it is. I would agree, but still in the good, because they did win. All right, we have two games left to discuss, one in the bad, one in the ugly. And I, I, for this game, I put low-key ugly, because the actual football game was ugly. It, no one could score. It was kind of hideous. But <laughs> number 24, Texas A&M, beats number 13, Miami, 17-9. to nine. I think that score tells you everything about how ugly it was. So many, Mac, so many missed opportunities for Miami. I can't imagine, we're just media members who cover it. I can't imagine being one of those Miami players or coaches and how sick you feel today because you had every chance. Yeah. Just for reference, Miami outgained AM. They had the ball for 10 more minutes. They had 11 more first downs. They did have a turnover. AM did not. That was big. They also missed two field goals and they didn't fall on a muffed punt where God himself was trying to give Miami the game. Like, there were just so many opportunities, Max. So many.
0: Yeah, and they they muffed a punt. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, it, it that was too. That themselves. was a uh I think this is kind of opposite in, in the fact of Syracuse, right? When when we say, okay, if you look at that box score, you think Purdue wins. If you look at this box score and then these team stats, I think you win, it, I think you think Miami finishes comfortably and wins yes. the game comfortably. And yep. it, it's just baffling to see. And, and the fact that you know, I, I think Coach Cristobal said whether it was at halftime or maybe right after the game. You know, he, he said competing is not enough. Like, right, it's great right. to see effort and all that, but you have to execute. And you have to go out there and do your job and make plays. And and so when I see this, the fact that they're in the red zone five times and they came up with zero touchdowns it is crazy. Right. It's, it's baffling. It's the difference in the game. And two missed field goals is uh, one mm-hmm. blocked, of course, one miss. I mean, that's the difference. And when I look at the game entirely, nine drops, KG, and there probably was 10 or 11, but I was like, man, maybe a defensive guy got his hand on the ball. How do you expect to win? How do you expect yeah. to move the football when, you know, you, you you trust these guys, you're making these great throws, you're sacrificing your body getting hit, and it, it goes right through their hands. Or they're not coming out of the break the way that they're supposed to aggressively downhill to make a catch, and the ball sails right by their head. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to see the the you know, just lack of attention to detail there from a position. That's your only job is to do that. So we we warned you about it in preseason. We saw that it was a problem in spring. It kind of disappeared a little bit because I think of, of you know, level of play and obviously Restrepo being a main target. Yes. With him out, I mean, it came to full fruition here. And, uh, you know, again, can't help to think, but going back to those two special teams plays, a muff punt that Texas A&M scores on the second play and mm-hmm. and a blocked field goal where you know that momentum just it swings differently and it's huge. you know it, it creates a, a big time thing and you cannot overcome that on the road in front of a hundred thousand against a okay football team like that that's just <laughs> at the end of the day you, you can't win that
1: <laughs> against a I,
0: you not like the, good the, but the
1: overall <laughs> statement you say you can't do that against a good football team but you <laughs> didn't really want to say that about <laughs> Texas A and M and I understand the what if game is strong here
0: super strong.
1: It, because it's tough to say, okay, with one player, Miami wins. But without Restrepo, who we asked Tyler Van Dyke about it, that's his roommate. Right. That's his guy. That was Miami's leading receiver. That's their number one skill yep. guy. You could say Henry Parrish. I mean, he was also good. But Brilliant. definitely their number one receiver. And you don't have him. Right. And you have all these drops. And it's harder for your quarterback to get in rhythm when you have all these drops. Absolutely. And you don't have your guy yeah. on the road. That right. was a... It was a game changer. And, and I, was. Would,
0: I would say at least, I mean, half of those drops are probably going to him. And guess what? He probably doesn't drop it. And so you think of how big of a difference that truly is. Coach Cristobal came out after the game, said he's out six weeks. So this Canes team is going to have to figure it out. Guys are going to have to step up. It, it has to be important to you to secure the football, stay after practice. If you have to focus even more on practice and looking the ball all the way in, because you can tell, I mean, you can turn on the tape and you can see a guy is about to drop a ball. It happened on the muff Muff punt, you know, Tyreek Stevenson is looking at the ball and he looks away as the ball is coming into his hands. And guess what? Bounces off his face mask, you know, Texas A&M ball. So it's something that good enough, it can be fixed and it takes effort and it takes time. And, you know, I, I am interested to see, how does this team learn from this? You know, how how do they build from it? Is this a marquee moment in time this season where everything's turned around? We see another tension of detail uh, again. You would hope that comes in a win, uh, but it doesn't it comes in a loss. But all mm-hmm. you know, Miami's goals and everything they want to achieve still right in front of them, uh, and, and very doable.
1: They are. It's just such a what if, and would have been a huge win for Miami. The last one, Mac. Let's finish on such a happy note. Um, it's not happy. The ugly, the ugly. Number twenty-two, Ole Miss forty-two, Georgia Tech zero. Huh. Ole Miss ran for three hundred and sixteen yards on sixty-two carries and six touchdowns. That's unbelievable. And Georgia Tech has to go to Central Florida next. It it just feels like the clock is ticking here for Jeff Collins. And I mean, again, when you have, I'm not blaming Alabama for this or anything, but. When you have the portal and you can go poach right. a team's best player, it's tough for, I'm not saying not having Jameer Gibbs is the sure. only issue here, but it's tough to bounce back from that.
0: It is. I mean, and it's something where, you know, this team is facing a big uphill battle. And I have, you know, Georgia Tech fans in my comments and DM saying, you're still, you still, you know, being easy on us. You're still saying this and that. We need to see a change. Listen, this is still the biggest rebuild and, and say what you want, but until you have to go through it, until you have to deal with it, until you're doing it in that team, in that locker room, you have no idea what he's going through. He just had like seven staff members change. And so things like this take time. And and I get the impatience. I get the want to. But, you know, what do you accomplish by, you know, firing Jeff Collins and bringing somebody else in? They have to start over again. And so you're just dealing with another rebuild, another – I mean, what do you do? What do what yeah. do you honestly do? Because this guy has a grasp on it. I feel like this was the first season that he could actually coach and not have to worry about blowing everything up. To to hey, just come here, just come visit. Like think of the the narrative that he had to change to start to make it cool to go to uh, to to visit Georgia Tech. So I just feel like you would lose a lot of momentum with that. I know that it's not golf. There is no handicap. This schedule sucks. It's the hardest in the country. It's the hardest yeah, in the conference awesome. year in and year out. Georgia Tech, that's your fault. You chose the games. Don't punish a coach because you chose the games. Mm. And so it's, uh, I don't know, KG, it stinks. The game definitely was horrible. Uh, and, and, you know, Lane Train and company did whatever they wanted. But, man, it's the future is, is just a question mark for me because what do you do?
1: I get that, Mac. And Jeff Collins, is he's a, yeah, I think he's a good coach. He's been great to us. And he has tried to put in a lot of work to change the perception of Georgia Tech, which I think was a big hurdle for him. I would almost argue that whoever took that job after Paul Johnson left, when they're transitioning from the option to this was going to have a an intense uphill battle and would probably fail. Right. That's one of the hardest jobs that anyone's ever taken on in Absolutely. college football history. Absolutely. It, because you're just, you're changing so much. You don't even have the correct number of players in position <laughs> groups to play modern college football.
0: Right. Or guys so, that have ever gone backwards at the offensive line, which is could, relatively yeah. important.
1: This is less, this probably is less about Jeff Collins and more about the situation.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Who knows, KG? Hey, guess what? We're going to have another awesome guest on Wednesday. We're going to have a huge show on Friday. Can't wait to break it all down. We're, we're getting so close to conference play, ACC teams every week. I think this is... Week four is going to be like the last one, and then we get full speed into Should that Should be, thing. yeah. Uh, but that's it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlich and Mac Lane. Always appreciate you guys. Go get SiriusXM. Get it on your phone. Get it in your car. But we also need you to go over to YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Rate the show. Review the show. But most importantly, subscribe. We need you guys in and on the team. Uh, also write a little review. It's always great to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.